Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball. Kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there, across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well. The World Series is now three games to two. Uh, going back to Houston for game six. And it's been, a, it's been a series to remember so far. Like There's been a lot of cool moments, a lot of good games. Uh, and I feel like we're, I feel like this, this series just feels like it's made for seven. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm starting out with a take right off the bat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's somewhat, it's kind of similar, you know, it's easy to make, um, parallels, but like kind of similar to 2019 where like, you know, it's not the exact same format, but I mean, the Astros did, uh, take two at the Phillies ballpark Mm -hmm. the same way they same sort of way they took three at the Nationals ballpark and it's going back to Houston where Houston needs to clinch it and yeah it's just similar similar vibes you know both teams um like you know I I think both teams kind of uh experienced new things in the playoffs I mean the Astros had never lost uh this postseason Phillies had never lost at home Phillies had never lost at home yeah so yeah it just it it adds a adds a new you know adds a new element i think both teams are experiencing different things and yeah i'm i'm very excited for at least saturday yeah both teams uh i believe in this series have experienced things that no other team has experienced um because the astros i believe like their the the five run comeback was like the best one in world series history or something like that was that was that a thing um well, it was not, one of yeah no <laughs> Maybe maybe since a certain era, because because nineteen twenty nine. The, the, the yeah, I was about. <laughs> it was the thirty nine twenty nine? That one A's one. Yeah, it was nineteen twenty nine. Cubs the Ra- A's. The A's came back from uh, eight to nothing, <laughs> <laughs> in like all in one inning. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and then the Phillies became the first team. There's not much research that has to be done into this, but they're the first team to be no hit in the regular season and and postseason in the same year. Yeah, that's yeah. Because they got combined no hit by the Mets, and they got combined no hit by the Astros. I forgot about that. That was another thing that didn't happen this year. The Phillies combined no hit in the <laughs> it Mets. Happened, it happened last it's year. very funny that three out of the four no hitters this year have been combined. True. Yeah. I mean, you know. I saw, I'll, I'll get into this later, but I just want to mention this now. There was a, you know, like those like 70s sports accounts that will just go full boomer yeah. whenever they want. So. Of course, the, the the combined no hitter in the World Series have had them. I mean, they were in shambles. Yeah, uh, seeing what had transpired in this this once great game. Yeah, and they were like, they were like, well, see how many people can name the pitchers this time next year. And the one of our Jeremy Frank uh, quote tweeted and said, "How much you want to bet this guy has no idea who Reed Detmers is?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's it's valid. The one, uh, the one actual or the one solo no hitter of this season. Right, the one, the one no hitter they would call legitimate. Yeah, <laughs> nobody would have any idea. Yeah, no. I mean, the 
I mean, we could, we'll probably get into the no hitter thing uh, once we hit game four. But I mean, yeah, I've 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 you know I've expre- expressed my thoughts on no hitters. I think it's you kind, have it's kind of an arbitrary way to look at a pitching performance. It really, way. really is. Yeah. Although this one, I would say, is was pretty legit. I mean, like obviously, it's extremely impressive, um, but I just still think it's arbitrary. Um, but anyway, uh, I think we'll probably, you know, we talked about games one and two in our last, uh, episode. Now we can get into, uh, yeah, all three games at Citizens Bank Park. That's, you know, obviously how it is. Uh, game three, uh, I mean, it's, it's Phillies from start to finish, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, five home runs in a game. That's the most, that, that's how the Astros have experienced something no one else has before. They gave up five home runs in a game. Yeah. Um, it's, t- well, it's tied for the most, I think, actually. They had a single pitcher do it. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. gave up five home runs. Um, there was all that stuff on Twitter about him tipping his pitches, but it, it was all very cherry-picked, where it's like, here's one curveball and one fastball that he threw. Right. And it was like, he changed it. Like, if you watch Lance McCullers Jr., he changes up his motion so many times. Yeah, yeah. It Like, I don't know, it... Some sometimes people put the, on the, the internet has hat. the internet has taken a lot of L's this World Series like with all the Framber stuff right the the Lance McCullers Jr. stuff and I think this is the general takeaway from the no hitter like it's been it's kind of been bad yeah I yeah I definitely understand that um I definitely understand because yeah people like to put on the de- detective hat sometimes and try to see things that might not be there yeah, yeah I agree that McCullers he tends to change his motion up a lot and you know i don't know it like maybe i've you know there's we've all we've all heard like mlb players say that you know oh we, you know we talked with our analytics department and yep. you know on a roster of 12 like nine are tipping pitches and you know i definitely somewhat believe that i think everyone has like a little something that they do but you know it probably wasn't as obvious as the internet made it seem to be um however i guess the i guess the one interesting thing was when uh who was it harper whispered over to was it brandon marsh um what well, sorry what was that I th- harper whispered over to i think oh alec it was Boehm. it was alec Bohm, yeah yeah um that so was the one interesting thing and maybe he was tipping but i, I think yeah. it was taken i would think it was blown out of proportion online a little bit yeah probably I mean, five home runs in a game. It's hard to imagine the Phillies had no idea what was coming. Yeah, and I think the big, the bigger storyline here is how uh, is yeah. I think the bigger storyline here is how he was in there to give up all five home runs. Yeah, <laughs> like he should not have been in there. Yeah, even after the third home run, I would say it's funny because we've seen so many quick hooks with pitchers. Like in postseasons past, I I don't think we've seen it as much this year, but mm-hmm. like if we were in a different year and a different manager, like Lance McCullers Jr. would have been out of there maybe even before the Marsh home run. Like maybe it would have been after the Boehm homer. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, you you forgot that you were watching Game Three of the World yeah, Series. Yeah, like think about think about Garrett Cole getting taken out in the third inning after giving up a second home run in the wild card game. Yeah, true. Yeah, it. It was it was surprising. Um, I think Dusty Baker has built a reputation of leaving guys in 
pretty long. Yeah. Um, even, even when he was with the Nationals uh, back in, like, 2017. Yeah, didn't, like, her, her surgery get burned late in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think he has a history of doing that. And, yeah, like, it, it is weird. I think, I think we forget about what happened last year with starting pitchers and how – quick they were pulled mm-hmm. but it and it was just it ian was just and, and ian anderson was pulled after five with a no hitter yeah <laughs> like christian javier at least made it through six yeah mccullers went like four and a third with his worst stuff <laughs> of the playoffs yeah and he, he was just getting crushed and like i mean it ultimately ultimately it didn't matter because the astros yes. didn't score any runs yeah but like but that's, also, that kind of took it out of him early. Like it was only four nothing after the the Marsh home run. Yeah, like it, they were probably mentally out of it after the other three. And it's after a day off. It's not like the bullpen is burnt out, and mm-hmm. they, you know, Luis Garcia is there. That's a guy. That's someone who. Why in. is he like not pitched at all this postseason? Only, he only gave up that real Muto home run. Yeah. <laughs> He's sh- like that's his that's a situation where you put him in. He also pitched the like the seventeenth and eighteenth innings of the of the Mariners game. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like uh yeah, he should have been in like th- from the third inning through like the sixth inning for the Astros. Yeah. Because he's not you know, he's not um, a bad pitcher. And he did or uh, who is it? Urquidy pitched very well. Yeah, uh like he's he's definitely been an unsung hero in this series. Like he he spared the bullpen in game 3, um which led to games 4 and 5 being a success obviously. Yeah, Urquidy went three shutout innings with like four strikeouts, which is, you know, he helped them out big time, you yes. know, so that they could without him, you know, it those wins in games 4 and 5, especially 5 would have been a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, McCullers gave up five home runs. Ranger Suarez, uh, on the other side, he did very well. Uh, he's uh, pleasantly surprising me oh, as the course of the postseason goes on. He yeah, allowed. He, he went uh, five shutout innings. Um, I think four strikeouts, uh, thirteen batted balls, nine ground balls, which is sixty nine point two percent. League average is like forty five percent. So he was getting the ground ball. He was doing great, uh, which was good. I mean, yeah, definitely a tale of just. Two opposite pitching performances, mm-hmm. and the Phillies. Yeah, Phillies didn't have to use any like vital. Yeah, like the Alvarados, the Eflins of the worlds. They yeah. they got another day of rest. The Dominguez's. Yeah, which didn't end up mattering. Yeah, um, so there was that kind of straightforward game. Then game four happens. Very historic game. It's a no hitter. What did you, what did you think about this one? Game four, um, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I will. I'm just. I have a take, and I apparently this is a hot take because I've been seeing a lot of negativity on the internet. Goodbye, no hitters get way too much hate. Hmm. Like, it's still cool. Like it, the big selling point on combine no hitters is people just complaining about how they're not regular no hitters, and yes, of course, solo no hitters are cooler. Like I don't think there's even an argument to be made there, but why can't we? St- why can't we just appreciate a combined no hitter for what it is? Like why do we always have to compare it to a solo no hitter? Right. Because everyone, every time, every single time there's a combined no hitter, that's all always the first thing is like, well, it's not a no hitter, so who cares? It's like no, it's actually still cool. Like it's only happened three times this year. Not like you know, remember how many no hitters there were last season? Like only three combined no hitters compared to one other actual no hitter. Uh, 
in this season, like combined no hitters, I think can still be cool. I think they are only they only exist to most baseball fans' minds to just be like the secondary to regular no hitters. And like, yes, they're not as cool, but they can still be cool. Yeah, well, especially in a game like this where you know it was it was this game was vital to the Astros, um, and they went out and I mean it was a very legit no hitter. There was no bad bippery going on. They struck out the Phil- they struck out fourteen Phillies, which were forty six point seven percent of the batters they faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only allowed one one line drive. Uh, uh, the they had the Phillies had an 081 expected batting average, which yeah. is unbelievable. Yep. You put down in the notes that uh, that 081 expected batting average is the third lowest a team had in a game this season. Yeah, it was the other two were uh, some Diamondbacks game in June and a Cubs game in June. <laughs> and then, uh, and yeah, it, it's the lowest expected batting average in a playoff game in the StatCast era. By like 16 points. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Which makes sense because this is the first no-hitter in the StatCast era. In the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's cool that uh, so there's obviously now three no hitters slash perfect games in the postseason in MLB history. Two out of the three have been thrown in Citizens Bank Park, which is only like 15 years old. True. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Like all of the years of baseball history, it's like was was Don Larson's at Ebbets Field or Yankee Stadium? I think it was Yankee Stadium. So it's like old Yankee Stadium, which is you know this historic building that's housed so many champions and legends and Hall of Famers, and then Citizens Bank Park, which was built 15 years ago, is two playoff no hitters. Yeah, and and also Yankee Stadium, like they were in the World Series every year. Yeah, Citizens Bank Park, they were in <laughs> they were in the playoffs a few years and then had an 11 year drought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we've had 08, 09, 10, 11, 22. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, uh, so, yeah, the Astros stepped up. Their bullpen their bullpen has been very consistent throughout the postseason. I mean, and by consistent, I mean absolutely dominant the entire time. 100%. Specifically, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley, and even, like, Hector Neris, too. Um, I want to see more Hector Neris in this series. I wish we saw him more in Philly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, that would have been way more fun. Christian Javier uh, continued his dominance. He's now only allowed one run in his last thirty-five and a third innings pitched. That's ridiculous. Uh, which is that's yeah. like that's better than Devin Williams' season in twenty twenty. True. Yeah, because he was thirty-three point one, I think. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was just thirty-three. Uh, and it was one run allowed. Well, I think it was a point three three. Yeah. ER, I think he threw 27 innings. Yeah, that, that would make sense. That, ER. made, that would make sense. Uh, By the way, one run in 27 innings and Christian Javier's one run in 35. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian Javier, he had nine strikeouts, two walks, and six innings. Um, you know, good on the Phillies. I think they kept their at-bats kind of long, which upped his pitch count a little bit. Uh Javier allowed nine batted balls, three were pop-ups, and four were batted balls at 53-plus degrees, which is, you know, automatic out. Exactly. Um, Christian Javier, he also used his four-seam fastball 72% of the time. That's 12% above his season average. And, you know, four-seam fastball usage typically, in today's game, you know, obviously kind of goes down and down and down. Obviously, there's sinkers are more in action and, use of breaking balls is more in action, but 
Javier kind of going old school in game four. And uh, then Brian Abreu came in. He struck out the side. He had nine swings against him. Seven of them were swings and misses. <laughs> that's that's just an underrated dominant inning. So, yeah, I mean, th- it was just – it was pure domination. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you know, balls just happened to find gloves. It was like, no, the Phillies were just were not going to get a hit. The Astros were not going to allow the, them to get a hit. Yeah, no, I mean, the, it was just dominant pitching all around. Right. Like, and the Astros' defense was also excellent, both in that game and just in the series in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah the Astros' defense, like you you haven't you haven't really been able to find any like weird plays that they've had. They're, no. Like with weird plays in Astros playoff games, it's always the other team making the weird mistake. Um, but yeah, like it was a combined no hitter. Some I get down on combined no hitters, but it. De- I think, like, with every no-hitter, it depends on the type of no-hitter. Like, I think, the you know, the Mets had a combined no-hitter uh, early in the season. They had six walks, and they used, like, four different – or I think they used, like, five different pitchers or something like that. Uh, it was four. It was four. It okay. was, yeah, because the, the picture that they took afterwards was five people, but Christian Vasquez was in it. Makes sense. Uh, um, yeah, well, it I think was – Oh. Or the, the Mets – Oh, the, the Mets no-hitter? The Mets no-hitter. Uh, I want to say four. I want. I know say Tyler McGill Tyler, started. Yeah, I think it might have been five. I think Tyler McGill. He either went five or six innings. He probably went five. Yeah, I'll That'd look be that my up. Gut. But that was that was a like particular one where they like it was four. It was in April. It was in April. It was six inning. Or it was six walks, and you know, and then last year there was a. Uh, the Cubs had a combined no hitter where I think it was similar, and they it had was eight walks. They had eight walks. They yeah. allowed like a two fifty on base percentage against, <laughs> but you know it's a no hitter. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this game. It was April 29th. Uh, McGill walked three guys. I was at a I was at an event. I was at an event that one of my friends was holding, so I was not able to watch this game. But I was getting the updates and be like, oh, is this like a cool no hitter? And then I looked through the. <laughs> stats and i was like oh no it's not six walks yeah it was five it was five guys it was tyler mcgill drew smith joely rodriguez seth lugo and edwin diaz okay yeah um but yeah like but this one this one and the other one that javier was involved in like javier against the yankees he went seven innings he was nice in that game yeah, he, w- he went seven innings, 13 strikeouts. I think the bullpen I believe, got three, uh, three more strikeouts. Yeah, I believe the Yankees had an, an 082 uh, expected batting average in that game. Yeah. Which was the fourth lowest that a team has had this season, of course. Yeah. So the Astros very, very slightly outdid themselves in this no-hitter, actually. Right, yeah. Um, well, I saw a cool stat that... Uh, so Javier obviously started the other uh, combined no-hitter for the Astros. Aaron Nola started for the Phillies in that game, and that matchup was Javier versus Nola. Um, wait, in in uh, wait on that day. So, so uh, the April 29th no hitter for the Mets Phillies, McGill started, and Nola also started for the Phillies. Oh, Javier started the Yankees combined no hitter, and they faced each other in that game, which also ended up being a combined no hitter. So there's there was been three combined no hitters this season. And Aaron Nola and Christian Javier have both started in two of them. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah that makes more sense. <laughs> yep. That yeah, that's quite a yeah. It's an interesting feat. And speaking of Aaron Nola, I mean, his 
as long as the bad the bibbery got to him in that one inning. I don't know it, if it was bad bibbery. Well, I mean, it wasn't bad bibbery, but like he gave up a lot of hits. That's more of my hits. point. Like Aaron Nola, just he's great, but he also gives up a lot of hits, and now is one of those games. Yeah, like that's kind of been what I've been forecasting for him for much of the postseason. Um, and it really happened in that start. He is a three thirty three BABIP against throughout the postseason. Yeah, uh, a four nine one ERA and a three seven four FIP and a two seventy five X FIP because he does have a, a decent amount of home runs per nine, which is understandable. But yeah, and he like uh, looking back at specifically like the fourth inning when you know the bases were loaded, you know there was there were some balls that guys were hitting out of the strike zone and they were getting for hits. Mm-hmm. Albeit solid hits, I mean, uh, Aaron Nola gave up nine line drives in that game out of 15 batted balls, which is 60% of his batted balls were were line drives. So, you know, they were getting a good look at him, squaring it up. And, I mean, obviously you can't can't really control – I guess you can sort of control if you're giving up line drives against. But to me, what that says is, like, they're seeing their pitches well and they can, like – Because obviously – You're you're squaring it up. Yeah. If you're a hitter, you're mostly trying to – either line it or hit a fly ball. I think that's most of the goal. I don't think hitters are going out there trying to ground it or pop it up because it, it's just not, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it was, it was kind of a rough one. Um, the final line was four innings, three runs allowed, which isn't the worst, but isn't the best, but yeah. ultimately it didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies did not give him run support or hit support. Yeah. Like, and they struck out 14, t- 14 times in 30 plate appearances. Uh, but I think a lot of cr- credit can be given to the Astros there. You have to. Um, they pit- Yeah, I mean, all around they pitched extremely well. Javier was fantastic. 97 pitches through six. Um, I believe it was for him. Yeah, maybe. I Probably. Yeah. I didn't check beforehand. Um, I, I just was – I was in this – actually, I was in this exact room that we're recording and watching. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, Astros tied up, then it's game five time, mm-hmm. Verlander, Syndergaard, um, uh, game kind of starts immediately with Jose Altuve, uh, hitting a double off the top of the wall. He gets driven in on a Jeremy Pena single and, you know, Astros are on the board, but Syndergaard gets out of that situation. Verlander. Allows a home run to Kyle Schwarber on a fastball that was actually out of the zone. But either way, home run Kyle Schwarber. But he gets out of that inning with no more damage. Kind of goes, kind of hits a lull for a little bit. Then in the fourth inning, uh, Jeremy Pena hits a solo home run. And, uh, and yeah, or was it fourth inning or third inning? Uh, we're talking game five. Yeah. I want to say it was fourth. It was definitely fourth. Yeah. So yeah, Pena hit a solo home run, Syndergaard's out. And yeah, you know, kind of a lot of situations where bases were loaded up or, you know, runners were in scoring position, but not a lot of capitalization. Both teams only had one hit with runners in scoring position, but they had a lot more opportunities. Uh, Astros defense balled out late. That was my. That was really the big takeaway there. I mean, yeah, Chas McCormick with the play of the game, and even uh, Mancini the inning before. Yeah, true. Uh, so it was funny. So the eighth inning, uh, it was three one, 
and the Phillies started up a rally, and they got a. Uh, they got men on the corners with one out, was it? Yeah, um, they got men on the corners with one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had also scored a run. Yeah, Gene Segura drove in a run there. Yeah, um, that single, by the way, so that Gene Segura single to put runners on the corners and making it a 3-2 game, that currently has the highest CWPA of any play in the series. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So uh, who was it that struck out? I think it was Marsh struck out, and then Schwarber lined one to Mancini. Uh, yeah, he was holding the runner on the bag, and uh, they had just taken Gurry out, out of the game too. Like Mancini was essentially a defensive replacement because his bat's been kind of non-existent this whole postseason. Um, yeah, Schwarber hit one ninety-eight point yeah. seven miles per hour, four-degree launch angle, five-sixty expected batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a hit fifty-six percent of the time. But yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I mean. If Segura doesn't hit the single, then the inning's over. But also, if Segura's not on first, uh, that's a ground ball by Mancini. And, you know, if if the def- if the defensive positioning wasn't how it was and Mancini didn't have to hold mm-hmm. Segura, you know, could be a whole different ball game. But he made a, made a great play, uh, pretty difficult play. Ball was hit very hard. Um, and, yeah, like, kind of... You know that's part of what the Astros have been winning. How how the Astros have been winning games. I mean they they were, I think a top three defense in OAA and uh, defensive runs saved. Like that's how that's mm-hmm. how they get things done. And then Chas McCormick, obviously that was a that was a sick catch. It was weird because I had such a weird like uh, evolution of thought with that hit. I was like off the bat, I was like, oh that looks good, and I was like, oh that can get in the cap. And then Chas kept going. I was like, oh is that gone? And then I was like, oh, no, it's going to be off the wall. And then Chaz made that catch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, the in- like I didn't know what was happening, but I the entire way I was like, this is going to be big for the Phillies. Like, it's either going to be a double, it's going to be a homer. Like, something, something big is happening with Harper coming up with one out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, like, I, yeah, I didn't know what to think based off of McCormick's reaction. I was like... yeah. I didn't think he was going to catch it, but he did. I mean, I, like he wasn't selling that he was there, and it makes sense he had to jump off the wall to get <laughs> make it the catch. Like you know, one not everyone's Jackie Bradley Jr. where they can, you know, just sell that they don't have it and then have it all the way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 what McCormick's there for. That's what McCormick's at center field for. He's he's been he's probably their best. Outside of maybe Jeremy Pena, but their best defensive player. Yeah. Um, he was actually my one of my 2022 Astros players to watch. One of who else did you have? I had Ryan Presley. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You did have Presley. Yeah. I I said like I think I prefaced him by being like he's not a household name, but yeah. he should be. Um. But yeah, like that. Uh. Yeah, uh, that's a very good point that you make that the Astros defense played a huge role, and yeah, it made it made it so that they could win this game um if they didn't have if they didn't have as skilled players out in that field they probably don't win that game um a quick shout out not that it's that relevant to the game but Connor Brogdon just killed it in his two innings of work no he did though like I was watching two innings one hit no runs no walks five strikeouts seven batters face five strikeouts 54 percent whiff rate (laughs) (laughs) and this is it's just Connor Brogdon like that just sounds like a guy you know from from middle school. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. 
Yeah, it's like oh Connor Connor Brogdon. Yeah, he he dropped his lunch on the floor. <laughs> it's gonna dude. Did you hear what he said in history class today? Yeah, what like Connor said. <laughs> he's such he's such a goofball that Connor Brogdon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, so the Astros go into Minute Maid Park with a three-two World Series lead. Um, we've seen this three years ago. Uh, it didn't work out for them. Although every year is different. Um, I I personally love the pitching matchup tonight for the Astros. Uh, I know Zach Wheeler has built a good reputation for himself, but like even in Wheeler's good starts, I it's not like the domination that you want. Like I was I've I've been looking at a little bit a little bit at Wheeler's under underlying numbers and he has in throughout the playoffs he's been great other than that one start. Throughout the playoffs he has a ninety one point four mile per hour exit velocity against and he's a ten point three percent barrel rate against, which are both he did have that Pretty one. Was it NLCS game one where he got very lucky, or was that a different start of his? Um, was it the Cardinals start? I, like I would say NLCS game one and mm-hmm. NL wild card game one. Mm-hmm. There were some, there were some barrels that were turned into outs. Those are, yeah, those are the little the two starts I mentioned. But yeah. yeah, NLCS game one. Uh, I think he gave up three barrels that were all outs. So the Astros just found a way to have him fall. Yeah, because I mean, what I saw in game two was he was locating very poorly, right? Um, and the Astros were taking advantage. Yeah, I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Because of course, you know, Zach Wheeler now uh, controls the Phillies' season. Yeah, uh, it's going to be him and Framber, which is I'm, I think it's cool underrated storyline that, that Framber is getting a chance of redemption in Game Six. Um, uh, or no, that that was Luis Garcia. Yeah, Shit. that's that's unfortunate. But you know what? He's getting he's getting. Uh, revenge from game one last year. Yeah, so, true. So Larry took him deep there too. True, true, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the way that, the way they're trending. Like uh, Wheeler, we pointed out in our last episode. Wheeler was throwing a lot of balls just right down the middle. Mm-hmm. He gave up. Uh, he gave up seven hard hit balls that were located in game day zone five, which is middle middle. Mm-hmm. To to put it the in worst place term. you want it to be. The worst place you want it to be. Um not anywhere near a corner of the of the strike zone. So he gave up seven hard hit balls in that specific location. Meanwhile, Framber, Framber hasn't given up or he's given up one run in his last two or one earned run in his last two starts. His strikeout numbers are up, his whiff rates are up. Um his ground ball numbers are still his ground ball numbers. Yeah. So even even when guys are hitting the ball against him, it's not going in the right direction. Uh so I mean like if I'm an Astros fan, I feel pretty confident going into this next one. Yeah, I mean, I think since 2017, it feels like this is the best chance they've had. Like, I know that they were in this exact same scenario in 2019, um, but I don't but know. They had, to, they had to face Strasburg, exactly. and they like, had to face Max they had, Scherzer. They had Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg lined up against them, and yeah. it worked out, and it worked out for the Nationals. You know, and even if, you know, even if it wasn't... Uh, because they got Max Serger or Steven Strasburg, like that Nationals had to come back in both those games, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, right. But the bullpen's in so much better shape now than it was back then. Yeah. Like, instead of, you know, Will Harris uh, and who else? Joe Smith coming out of that bullpen. It's, right. It's Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley and Hector Neris and Rafael Montero. Like, they have so many better names now than yeah. they did in 2019. Who are just, like, uh, really... 
riding a ton of momentum. Um, does McCullers doesn't start game three if it gets there, does it? Or, or game, game seven? seven? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm Dusty Baker, I'm asking if if Javier, if hey, are you good to start well, game seven? I know. Uh, I think he said after the game he, he's good to go like three in that game. Which honestly, I might just do that. Like Javier, throw Javier out there. Javier out there for three. Hell, if it's game seven, just go until he can't because it's game seven. Yeah, yeah. And then no ride it left. out. Ride it out with your bullpen. Uh, see, you know, just, I would say Lance McCullers should never see the field again. Right. Yeah. I think that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, like no reason to put him out there. Urquidy looked. Even Urquidy, Urquidy too. Have him start Game Seven. Yeah. Or yeah, have have Javier start and go three. Have Urquidy go three if he doesn't in the next couple of days in the ne- in Game Six at least. Yeah, that that was the next point I was going to bring up is mm-hmm. like Javier. You know, he did pitch ninety seven pitches, but he had you know Game Five day off, off day off, Game Six day off. It would so be three days rest. Three and, days rest, and it's not like you have to save him for anything else. Yeah. You know, it's short rest, but we've seen mm-hmm. like guy guys do it all the time in the playoffs. Go off three days rest. Yeah. So yeah, just use him for however long he can. Mm-hmm. Also, if he's if he's starting, he's gonna get like probably the routine, like the warm up routine he wants to have, yeah. uh, and the preparation he wants to have. So I think you just yeah you just start him and see where it goes and just have have arms ready. But I mean, who knows? There might not be a game seven. Yeah, I mean the the Phillies got to win Game Six first, right? But I think there is a lot of talking points over in what to do, and I I don't think we'll ever know if there's not a Game Seven what the plan was, uh, and we're not you know we're obviously not going to know mm-hmm. if the Astros wrap it up in six. I don't think they're going to even think about Game Seven until there is one. Yeah. Uh, but there are going to be some decisions to be made if that scenario comes to play. Yeah, yeah, very much so, um, and you know I like. I wonder. I wonder if, like, if Lance McCullers hadn't been there for 2017 and hadn't had those great performances in 2017, I wonder if he's given the same treatment, the same, the as long of a leash. Well, I don't know as because Dusty, Dusty Baker, Baker, like, wasn't there. He wasn't there, but also like, like I'm sure he knows what had happened, but he was also with a different team at the time. I think. I think with the playoffs, I think. Uh, I think experience is valued and you know the fact that he's been able to be a big game pitcher before probably favored him yeah over i mean a guy he started like he started game seven in in 2017 of the world series he pitched in relief in game seven of the alcs that year of course he threw 24 consecutive curveballs in that game right i widely remembered for that but yeah. yeah i mean it's he's still probably recovering from injury like he only came back in september yeah, yeah i mean and it, it made no sense to put him on the mound over javier in game three Right, like if you just looked at that would have been a sick pitcher's duel. It, yeah, it definitely would have been. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you just looked at this year and the facts of this year and how Javier ended the season, you know, McCullers didn't end the season poorly, but Javier just ended the season dominantly. You look at how their starts went against the Yankees. I think it would have been a pretty clear choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of sets them up in a weird spot for game seven if it happens um any uh any thoughts on what will happen well i mean we originally had phillies in six and that can't happen now right um yeah i mean willer it really comes down to if willer can locate um i think framber you know what you're gonna get out of him you know all it but then again all it takes is 
one bad pitch, two bad pitches from Framber because this Phillies lineup is very capable of taking him deep. I think over half the guys in that lineup can. Yeah. Um. So you know, I mean, if Framber's on it, you know, it's going to be a tough day. But all it takes is like one or two tough pitches for him to not be on it. True. Um. You know what? I I am gonna go Astros in six. I think they wrap it up in Game Six. Even it's weird because I said this series deserves to go seven with how it's gone, but I don't know. Like Wheeler, you know, he's if you look on paper, he's gotten the results, but the pitch pitch execution hasn't exactly been there, and it especially wasn't there in Game Two. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. For me, I think the Astros are gonna wrap it up. Uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night. Yeah. However, if they don't, I think the Phillies are taking the series. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Astros in seven is the le- least likely scenario here. Yeah. Right. If we're if we're going into the graphs and the data, the graphs, the ARR data, the, the ARR graphs have mm-hmm. uh, Astros in seven at the lowest probability. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's th- that's my thought process. I'm I'm not shocked at I'm not shocked at any result here. Both teams. Um, have a lot of reason to be in this uh, scenario. Yeah. I think that either one of them can pull it out. Um, but yeah, I, Framber is the hot hand. Um, in no doubt. Like that's other than Javier, that's the guy I want on the mound right, right now. If I'm dusty Baker, um, I would, I would be very happy to see dusty get a ring, even though he hasn't managed this series the best, like he's done enough to deserve it. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool to see the Astros, just like eliminate all of the narratives true and say like hey you can't say anything about this one true very Um, true but i also think it'd be cool to see a phillies comeback i think it'd be cool to see bryce harper win a world series um to see like kyle schwarber win another one yeah reese hoskins nick castellanos jt real muto dave dombrowski rob thompson yeah right 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 yeah um and yeah even like even yeah, even you know guys that have uh, you know stars of the team like Nolan Wheeler. Yeah. Um, seeing them, uh, seeing them get it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'll be, it'll be fun. And yeah, this is our last time recording as baseball is going. Oh, on. that's so crazy! I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Yeah, we'll be talking soon enough. We'll be talking awards and then a Hall of Fame and. Oh boy, the, you know we got the most important. Uh, era committee election of all time coming up. So the golden days. No, they changed around the committee system. Oh, they wow. they made it so it's there's two committees. It's pre 1980 and post 1980, and the post 1980 committee is voting this year, which is so stupid. Yeah, very because weird. it's literally like Bill Dalen is going to be on the same ballot as like Dave Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very funny. Or like. Reggie Smith. I guess that throws off my intro, the the show yeah, intro now. Yeah, you're right. Where you're I right. said 15 years from now, yeah, I want to be in the, the early worst. baseball committee. <laughs> because, it's the worst. Because the funny thing about the early baseball committee is like... I, well, I, think, vo- the, I think the early baseball committee just votes like every 15 years, so maybe yeah, that is still a thing. That's. I think that's why I said uh, yeah, 15, 15 years, years from, from now. Because they had last voted in like 2006 and they did in 2021. Right. Like so, maybe it does still exist. It will just we're going to see them next in twenty thirty seven. Yeah, it's just the the funny thing about it I is like twenty thirty six is like literally no one is a lot was alive to see them play. Nope. So it's like 
we have like, the same validation as yep. a guy who's 80. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a funny thing. Yeah, Hall of Fame discourse is going to be, for anyone that still cares, right. because the, the, the appeal well, of the Hall of Fame definitely shrunk a lot over the last year. Um, aren't we getting ready for the new uh, the new cheaters in Hall of Fame? Yes, we sure are. Discussion. Um, yeah, because yeah, Carlos Beltran is the one like legit first year on the ballot this yep. year. Um, that's the, be that's fun. the only one that's worth any sort of look, in my right. opinion. Um, I I will likely be voting for him. I I've started looking at my ballot like a couple of weeks ago because I got a big decision to make for spot number ten. Yep. Yep. Um, if there will be a spot number 10, who will it be? Uh, because I've wanted to put Mark Burley for so long, mm-hmm. but I feel it's almost hypocritical to put Mark Burley and not put Andy Pettit or vice versa. Like, yeah. It's got to be both or neither because they were they are the same pitcher. Yeah, it's just one hap- happened to be on teams that got to the playoffs more. But the other one also won a World Series. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're the same. They're both left-handed. They have virtually the same numbers. Yeah, right. It's like upper three ZRA. Yeah, like same FIP, same innings. Like yeah. It's legit. It's weird how similar Mark Burley and Andy Pettit are. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll it's definitely... funny because I've never looked at Andy Pettit as a Hall of Famer, but I always was like, ooh, Mark Burley. And I think I think it's because of the eras they played in. Like Mark Burley was sort of the last of his kind, while Andy Pettit was just in the mix. Yeah, like he was always, mm-hmm. he was always he was pitching at the same time as like Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Johnson, Martinez. Yeah, like the stat that I've had, I believe, was that like Mark Burley leads the majors in seasons with at least two hundred innings pitched since two thousand. Yeah, right. Um, and he retired in twenty fifteen. So. Yeah, right. It'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I know personally, I have like four openings now after. <laughs> last year um or maybe even five because i know because you know obviously well, ortiz, ortiz got elected. ortiz bonds clemens did you vote you did vote for sosa yeah and then chilling yeah yeah i i did not vote for sosa so i have one less than you do <laughs> so yeah i'm, yeah. I'm definitely i'm definitely adding some guys that um, have already been on the ballot it's definitely it's got to be the scott Rowland year yeah, he was right. At, he had got sixty three point two percent, I believe, last year. Right. Uh, if he has the same gain, which I think he's going to, because there's going to be a lot of writers that have a lot of openings this year, he's going to find his way on some ballots. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the year that Scott Rowland gets in the Hall of Fame. I think it's going to be the year that we see like significant enough gains from like Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, Todd Heldon. Well, they won't get in, but we're going to be like, okay, there's going to be a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like big that's on how we. I looked at it because I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but like Billy Wagner, I believe is entering his eighth year, and he had a better seventh year percentage than Edgar Martinez and Larry Walker. Very yeah, very interesting. Larry Walker had like 25 percent. Well, yeah, Larry Walker year. was like the biggest jump ever. He was yeah, that was like that has to be the most unlikely uh, like eventual Hall of Famer based on ballot results. Very true. Very true. Yeah, like um, yeah. I know uh yeah, I know I'm I'm big on the Andrew Jones wagon. Um and if you're interested in more ha- Hall of Fame dialogue, go to our YouTube channel Above Replacement Radio. We have a playlist uh from 2 years ago. But it's, know, it's I mean, it's not out it's, it's not outdated at all. I was going to say how it yeah. 
Like it's like, well, of course we did forget about Andrew Jones' 2021 season. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not outdated at all. We have uh, bubble case breakdowns for um, Bobby Abreu, Bobby Abreu, uh, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, uh, Billy Wagner, uh, all the PED players, which some of them are off the ballot now. Um, and Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel. Um, I think I'm. Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent, we did have one. He's going to be in his last year. Yeah. He's the only 10th year on the ballot. Uh, I don't think he's not getting in. Let's, yeah, he's not yeah, getting in. Yeah, which is good. Uh, Dan Shaughnessy will put out a Kent-only ballot for the third straight year, most likely. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so he'll, yeah. have to, he'll have to choose a new one. But uh, I, I've look, I look ahead to Hall of Fame stuff so much. Yeah. Because the, the 2023 ballot, the, the 2023 to 24 ballot, I guess, that's going to be a fun one. Like, I've been looking forward to that one for probably two years now. Yeah, because... It's going to be Chase Utley, Joe Maurer, Adrian Beltre. Yep. Those are the, those are the big three. Yeah, that's um, a fun one. Yeah, like three legit first years. It will be... Uh, I think it'll be almost relieving not getting mad at people leaving Bonds and Clemens off. It's, <laughs> as yes, much. but there's also going to be so much because I'm so very particular about my ballot. And it's like, seriously, you didn't put... It'll be a really good eight-person ballot. I'm like... Seriously, you left Todd Helton off? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all of the eight guys I will agree with, it'll be like a ballad of, like, Abreu and, and uh, Jones and Wagner and Sheffield even, let's say. And yeah. All of the guys that I think should be in, but no, like, Helton or, you know, apply that to anyone. I Like, it's so hard for me to not to, to not get upset at Abreu list ballots. Yeah. <laughs> even though he's on, like, 8% of ballots. Right. <laughs> It's like they don't know what I know. Yeah, exactly. Because objectively, Bobby Abreu was not a Hall of Famer, but on paper, he is. Right. Like, if you yeah. watched him play, you didn't think, wow, there goes a Hall of Famer in Bobby Abreu. But you know what? Right. Yeah. Like, he had, I think, ten, nine 2020 seasons or something like that. He has the most, he is the, uh, he's one of, I believe, three players in history with, like, what is it? What's the stat? Hold on. He's on a list of all-time players with just him, Barry Bonds, and Ricky Henderson. Um, I know I think him and Bonds are the only players with like an 850-plus OPS and, and uh, or no. No, that's um, not true. Okay, it, yeah, he and Bonds are the only players in MLB history with 200 home runs, 400 stolen bases, and an 850 OPS. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's the only he's the only player in the last sixty five years, which I guess would be sixty seven years now, to put up multiple seasons with ten plus triples and a hundred plus walks. Um Yeah. I yeah. believe I believe if you count like OBP and stolen bases and maybe like some sort of power stat, it's him, bronze and Ricky, but I've never actually tweeted it out. Yeah. And yeah, I know there's some good stuff on our bubble case breakdown yep. of him. Uh back from 2020 but yeah um kind of went off in a different direction but i i appreciated it um yeah that should do it for this installment of above replacement radio uh yeah as we mentioned last time recording while baseball is going on yep um yeah been kind of a been kind of an interesting season obviously it's gone late we didn't know if it was gonna start on time and it didn't but it only started like one week late um and yeah, we're here in first week of November. It's seventy-five degrees out, but it's still the first week of November, and the baseball season <laughs> isn't over. Um, 
But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show on Instagram at Above Replacement Radio. Also, if you happen to be listening on YouTube, uh, just the audio only versions, and you want to you want to be able to listen, you know, and actually do stuff yeah, on you your phone. Like our faces, yeah, understandable. Go to we have feeds on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, you know, obviously, if you don't have an iPhone or an Apple device, you can go to Spotify and have a free account. Um, you'll just have some ads uh, with that, but you know, go go to that if you want to be able to listen, you know, and save some battery doing that. Because I know some people have found the YouTube channel channel finding you know a couple of our clips or interviews. So yeah, check that out. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, we hope to see you next time where we are talking about uh, the World Series champions. Yeah, <laughs> whoever they may be. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.